Welcome to Ride Underground. You found us. This is a place where we hear from instigators who are changing the world with disruptive and emerging technologies. I'm your host, Tom Snyder, Executive Director of Riot, and welcome to the program. Really excited to be back uh, still in the virtual studio. We're not quite to the in-person studio yet, but uh, we have Jesus Centeno here today. Jesus is the Chief of Staff and Innovation Strategy Lead within the CTO office at TIBCO. Jesus, welcome to the program. Thank you, Tom. Very excited to be here today, even if it's uh, virtually, but thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to, to a conversation. Maybe before we get to know you in depth, if you don't mind, for listeners who may not be familiar with TIBCO, can you give the 30,000-foot view of your organization? Absolutely, yes. So uh, TIBCO Software, um, we basically do software, right? We, we specialize on pretty much anything that has to do with data. You know, if you try to understand the taxonomy of the company and the, the capabilities that we bring to the table, we tend to talk about three main pillars, connect, unify, and predict. So pretty much all the products, all the capabilities that we have, they end up mapping to one or more of these three pillars. So anything from data management, data quality, data provisioning, data movement, data virtualization, data analytics, et cetera, et cetera, right? So from messaging to edge analytics, right? Like, uh, you know, chances are that if you have, uh, you know, taken a flight lately, the uh, company that you flew with is using TIPCO behind the scenes to manage all the all the transactions and messages behind the scene, right? So we're pretty much anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> You're really positioned for the future. You know, we're a, an organization that was really founded around this buzzword IoT that I think is actually going away, you know, and, and the Internet of Things is really about data and more specifically data in real time. And so as you're able to connect that information in real time, unify it in real time and to, to create predictions and then hopefully even prescribe ways to avoid or to lean into whatever those predictions are, you're, you're well positioned for the future. So really excited to have you here in the studio. Thank as you. we get started, we want our listeners to be able to picture who's with us. And we're going to ask you a little bit about your story, but so that people in an audio program can put a picture in their mind's eye, we like to ask our guests, if you had the chance to cast yourself in your future story, who would you like to play the role of Jesus? Well, you know, being a, a great fan of Spanish movies and, and the Spanish directors, film directors, I would have to go with Antonio Banderas. So, <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful. I think we probably have some Banderas fans on the line today listening. So uh, that's, uh, that's great. I, and I think you're also our first guest to select uh, Antonio, if I remember correctly as well. So that's, that's nice, nice, nice to hear as well. Um, so welcome, uh, if you don't mind. Share a little bit of your background. How long have you been writing software and helping to help the data to eat the world? Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, pretty much my whole career for over 24 years now, I've been, I've been always in software, mainly focused on analytics. Um, you know, as you said, it right, like in the end, it really comes down to facilitating the process of getting the value out of the data one way or another. Right. And, and, you know, lately seeing this huge push and huge trend for, you know, real time. At the edge, right? Like edge computing is something that is really changing the equation in many ways and putting a lot of different type of new requirements, new uh, constraints, right? Like new challenges for a lot of organizations, right? Especially when 
you try to do it at a scale and, and, you know, close to real time, right? Like you get into a lot of very interesting scenarios, but yeah, pretty much my whole career for over 24 years. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned edge because we're in a bit of a market shift, I think really from the cloud economy to this edge economy. And that doesn't mean that cloud compute is important, but to achieve this real-time instantaneous uh, automating of everything requires us to start doing a lot more processing at the edge. What are your, your views on that? What interesting things are you seeing? Are there interesting use cases that you've seen that are really yep. leveraging edge successfully? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you bring a good point, right? Like, I mean, definitely cloud, you know, absolutely is not going away <laughs> anytime soon. Uh, but, you know, what is interesting to me is to see, you know, the, the parity that it has reached, right? Like, I mean, cloud in many ways, it has fully replaced uh, on-premise, right? And and in, in many ways, it's at the, the exact same level in terms of storage and in terms of like, you know, using it for historical analysis and uh, things that they are very data intensive, like, you know, uh, training of machine learning models and why not, right? But, uh, you know, a lot of more like the real-time bleeding edge use cases, they are being pushed more and more to, towards the edge, right? And various reasons for that, right? Like, uh, I think one of the main ones for sure is is mobile, right? Mobility, you know, 5G networks, you know, the, the increased capacity and increased processing that you can get at the edge, you know, computer vision is another huge game changer for sure. Uh, you know, the idea that you can record pretty much anything and then you can get inference on pretty much any frame at any point in time, any image, that's very powerful, right? And, and you know, like doing things better and faster than what the human eye can do, right? And the one area that I'm fascinated by, right, is is you start seeing a lot of these interesting, very interesting crossovers, right, between what historically you would call as IoT with things like augmented reality, right, and and the use cases that those crossovers are generating, I, I, yeah, I think is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. yeah, I think it is too. You mentioned five G. When you think about edge image processing, you think about AR, VR, mixed realities and things. Do you think in five years, we're going to look back at 5G and say, those were not communications networks, <laughs> they were actually edge compute? That's an interesting question. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, honestly, I think it's hard to predict, right? Like five years nowadays is a long, long time, right? But uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think you're, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think 5G might just create that cloud that we used to think of as being in you know a huge uh, server farm, but instead it's a bunch of interconnected nodes at short range with connection speeds that are as fast as being Ethernet cabled together. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And and I think um, I mean I always find fascinating you know the parallelism between Hollywood and real life, right? Especially when it comes to uh, science fiction movies, right? <laughs> Uh, if you ever saw the, the the Minority Report movie, right, where <laughs> there's these uh, virtual reality screens flying on the, the in the middle of the air, and then you have like all the data right there at the fingertips, right, and then you have all these intel. Like I remember seeing that movie, right, and then it felt so futuristic at that time, right, when when they released it. But uh, it's certainly you know we're getting closer and closer, right, every day to those type of applications, right, and solutions in real life. So. I think you're absolutely right. So you're telling us Antonio Banderas is going to be into science fiction coming up. Uh, I'm really excited for that. So 
it's an interesting time because again, we're, we're in this transition. There's a lot of new things happening. A lot of stuff hasn't really been standardized yet. There's experimental approaches. There's different protocols. There's you know open source and proprietary software competing. What areas are you starting to see? You know maybe particular industries that are starting to converge around you know common approaches or common solutions, if any. Yeah. No. Great. Great question. Um, and and I think uh, you know this is an area that it will continue to quickly evolve, right? But uh, yeah, I mean, from I guess the analytics point of view, right? Like, I mean, we do see certain industries being more willing to standardize than others, right? So, for example, there's oil and gas, right, where we see a lot of uh, you know blockchain-based initiatives, right, and this idea of having industry consortiums that they can come together, right, as equal players in an industry to make everybody's life easier, right, in the end, within that same industry, right? Uh, large initiatives like, for example, one called OSDU in oil and gas, right, where all these oil companies coming together to say, okay, we can understand all these geological data the same way, right? So then, you know, in the end, we can come up with the same type of conclusions, right, from the same data, right? So that's that's fascinating. But uh, more like uh, in, in a consumer-driven point of view, uh, we, we do see a lot of that in retail as well. From the typical point of view, we've been on this strategic collaboration with Intel, uh, going deeper on you know trying to understand how computer vision can uh, revamp some of the use cases that you have heard about over years, right? But like how you know when you introduce computer vision, how you can take those use cases to the next level. So yeah, definitely uh, retail. I think is, is a, it's a great example of that. I think one of the things that's interesting as these groups come together, you mentioned Tipco and Intel, and I'm sure there are other partners pulling together. As you know, we, we run a startup accelerator in Riot, helping early stage companies that are doing disruptive technology solutions to various market problems to understand that you can't really vertically integrate and do everything. You need to find the right partners in this technology solution stack, if you will. And Talk a little bit about how is it that Tibco kind of builds those relationships, either you know, down stack towards the semiconductor devices or up towards the applications? Yeah, no, great question. And uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. It's not easy. But uh, in the case of uh, the example that I mentioned, retail, right, and Intel specifically, the common denominator has been an open source framework that both organizations uh, use for IoT purposes, right, and IoT strategy. Uh, it's called Edgex Foundry from the Linux Foundation. And Having both organizations have that as the common denominator has really expedited the traction, right? Like in the end, you have organizations that come from somewhat different angles, right? To the same problem, right? IoT in the end, typically coming 100% from the software point of view, the analytics point of view, you know, how you transport data, how you move data, and how, you know, what you do with the data to get the value out of the data, right? And Intel coming from the compute, right? Like the, in the end that you're going to need to process the data, right? To make everything that I just said happen, right? <laughs> so it's a perfect mix in many ways, right? And and for us has been uh, focusing on the strengths of each side, right? And then matching the level of effort and the, the resources got that go into the collaboration. And the other key ingredient I feel that is uh, that, uh, you know, tunnel vision around verticals and specific use cases, right? That has made everything got much more smoother. Right, so I'll give you an example. Um, you know, within retail, we focus on the loss prevention theme, right? Like our use case. 
you know, for us is, okay, you know, loss prevention is not new. It's, it's a problem that has been around for a long, long time, right? And when you look at computer vision and trying to understand how computer vision can change the equation, right, into these things, right? You look at, for example, points of sale, you look at the machine itself where you can now uh, have like a self-checkout approach, right? And then uh, you can use the camera to validate the transaction, right? And figure out if everything that has been transacted, it corresponds to what has been detected in the camera. And if not, then you know, just flag the process, flag uh, the need for human intervention, and then just take action right there at the edge, real time, right? So that's to me is a, a perfect example of what we're talking about here. Yeah, it's a, it's a great example and a great use case that I think, you know, just about anybody can understand. You lead innovation efforts within your organization. And oftentimes the innovation team has the, what I'll call the bigger challenge of mm-hmm. adopting new, new technologies or new approaches. The smaller challenge, at least in my view, is what companies traditionally do, which is how do I use technology to do the things I'm already doing? at a higher efficiency or a lower price or, or something that essentially is just making us more efficient, but ultimately is just competing with everyone else on cost. Versus, I think the bigger challenge is how do you create a brand new value that, that maybe you know, solve a problem that's just never been solved before? How do you balance those kind of short-term versus long-term goals in driving innovation? Yeah, no, that's, that is the question, right? <laughs> No, and I think um, in the end, there's no silver bullet, right? There's there's no magic wand, right? I mean, I think it's a very fine balance. I think that's what it comes down to, right? Like where if you have the opportunity to make advancements in terms of improving that customer experience or finding new ways to interact with your customers, you have to do it, right? Like, what, you know, whenever you can, as much as you can, right? Like, I think that's in the end what it comes down to. Just simply because we live in a point in age where you know, if you don't do it, you simply die. You know, your, your business dies, right? And and we've seen many, many, many examples of that, especially in retail where competition is so fierce, right? That uh, you have to constantly be reinventing yourself, right? So, you know, from the loss prevention example that I mentioned, right? But like, you know, w- when you think of this, for example, virtual assistant concept, right? You know, having in retail where, you know, the process has been, pretty much the same for decades and decades and decades, right? How can you bring something that feels completely different? And then it does provide, in the end, that different experience that customers are looking for and craving for. Yeah. And I imagine uh, you can't do it all yourself. You can't do it all internally. And, and so you've really leaned into open source and APIs for developer communities to participate. Uh, I understand you have some pretty interesting activities that, that you're engaged in and driving innovation from the outside into Tibco. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. So we love open source, right? Like, and, and, and you know, Tibco is, is very friendly to open source communities. And we have a um, few projects, right? Like, for example, there's one called Flogo. Flogo is a great example on, on the power of open source, right? Like a framework that allows you to create uh, microservices, very lightweight microservices can, that can easily be deployed at the edge. And then um, in the end, you can have that openness, right? Like an extensibility to uh, incorporate or interact with other frameworks, right? So I mentioned Edgex, right? And, you know, if you look at the components or it's kind of like the secret recipe, right? The secret ingredients for, for our edge analytics approach is that, right? Is leveraging our own open source projects like Flow and incorporating others like Edgex, 
Specifically from Intel, uh, we've been able, through the same approach, incorporate one open source framework that they have called VAS, Video Analytics Serving. That is the, uh, the component that allows us to do the processing of computer vision feeds and images at the edge and process basically those images. So then, you know, you can incorporate uh, your machine learning models to do the inferencing of those images, basically. You have done something that, that I love because we did it as well, which is append labs on the end of your company name. We, I'm right. recording from Riot Labs right now. You, you run Tibco Labs. How does that tie into this overall innovation framework that you've discussed? Directly connected, right? So, you know, Tibco Labs for us is a, a wide umbrella that hosts innovation in many different directions and in many different ways, right? So many times ends up being through the collaboration with other companies, right? Like the, the example of Intel that I mentioned. In some other cases, ends up being the collaboration with customers, right? So oftentimes customers come to us with specific needs and those needs, they uh, drive the research and the development and the testing that we do, right, on, on innovation areas. And oftentimes, right, that ends up creating the spark that creates a project on the typical labs. And those projects, they can even become products under the typical portfolio at some point, right? So, so yeah, I mean, I think uh, the the approach that we follow, right, it's really varied, right? It, but, but in the end, is a, a framework that we use for all areas of innovation, right? Not just edge analytics, right? But uh, I mentioned blockchain uh, a few moments ago. That's another big area for us. I mentioned, for example, the crossover between IoT and augmented reality, right? That's that's another key area of focus for us. We have others, right? Like, you know, for example, we have a focus on process mining, you know, which in reality, when, when you think about it, is process mining is all about uh, automation and automation being a super hot, trend right now, right? Like in terms of, you know, how well can you understand a business process to the degree that you can automate it and then you can manage it and understand if there's something wrong with it or not in an automated way, right? Lots of exciting stuff. We, we just recently completed a, big, a program where we helped to drive from the community in a kind of reverse pitch, almost a hackathon style, uh, AR solutions for civic government. Is there any specific area where you're seeing really interesting new uh, applications of AR or anything that you're able to discuss? Yeah, I mean, for us, I think, uh, you know, one thing that is definitely on the radar is uh, wearables, right? And, and, you know, specifically AR glasses, right? Lenses and how you can have those lenses interact with back office systems, right? In the end, right? Like, so AR you can think, I mean, I think you made the analogy, right, uh, Tom, at the beginning where you said IoT is a lot about like, you know, in the end data, right, and data moving and why not, right? So AR in many ways, right, like, I mean, they follow the same analogy, right? Like, I mean, AR is, it does require a lot of data in the end, right, to, especially when you want to make, uh, you know, predictions or uh, suggest actions to be taken, right, in an AR context. The data that you're intaking from the surroundings is going to be interacting with existing data, right? Existing models, right? And I think uh, that's really the vision that we're having for AR right now. Now, personally, I think uh, AR, you know, is is still a very young technology, right? But like, it does have the potential, right? Like to change the world in the next five years, right? Especially once it really becomes mainstream. And then you're talking about, you know, I made the analogy, right, with uh, Minority Report, right? So it really does have that potential, right, to change the way 
us as a mass, right, as a, as a population, right, do traditional things, right, that they've been done the same way for the last 40 years to start, you know, doing them in a, in a different way. Right? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, you know, as humans, we have always wanted to dogment ourselves, right? You know, we wear glasses to see better. We uh, wear, you know, certain sports equipment to run faster. You know, to, you know we augment ourselves with technology all the time and, and AR is going to be a natural extension of that. It just feels a little strange now. I don't know if we'll get the whole way to Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse or not, but uh, it's an interesting discussion, certainly. In terms of ways to engage, if someone's listening and they're trying to understand like, hey, this is pretty interesting. I want to take a deeper discussion or I want to figure out how to bring my program into Tibco Labs or what's the best way for folks to engage with, with either you personally or, or with the organization? Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so the easiest way is just to contact us directly. Uh, you can send an email to tibcolabs at tibco.com. You know, we do have a website as well. Just go to tipco.com forward slash tipco hyphen labs. The page has basically information on all these projects that I've been mentioning. It does have a link to send an email, right? And it has, uh, you know, some white papers and customer stories and why not that you can check out. Those could be the easiest ways. Uh, you know, you can always reach out to me directly. You know, you can find me on LinkedIn. I think I'm the only Jesus Centeno with the straight name on, on the URL, right? So just LinkedIn slash Jesus Centeno and you can find me. Wonderful. It's been a rough you know, last 18 months or so across a number of different uh, dimensions, but technology keeps moving forward and it keeps allowing us to solve things in new and exciting ways. Is there something like, what are you most excited about right now? What are you most optimistic about looking forward? Yeah, that's a like that's a loaded question. <laughs> I mean, I think yeah, just just simply because I feel, um, yeah, you're right, right. Like, I mean, the last eighteen months they've been very, very tough on a lot of people and a lot of businesses and a lot of countries, economies, and etc. Families and right now, right. But like, I think uh, the biggest lesson for me has been uh, resilience, right? I mean, like we humans, we're we're resilient, right? Like, I mean, it's in our DNA, right? I mean, it's it's in us. And, you know, this situation is another example of that, right? Like, I mean, and that doesn't mean that, you know, everything will disappear magically and all the problems will be solved. It just means that we'll figure out a way to go through it and we'll come out better on the other end, right? So that, that to me, when I think about that, right, and I see the huge role that technology overall has in that, right? I mean, think about it, right? From mobilization of vaccines, right? Like, or keeping track of uh, people's records, right? Or managing identities, uh, figuring out uh, how transactional systems of all natures and taxonomies and shapes and flavors, right? Like, they can interact with each other. And healthcare, for example, is seeing this humongous you know, revolution, right, in terms of like telemedicine, right, and, and schools, right, being able to deliver education via an iPad, right, I mean, like all these things, right, that they are just, uh, technology is more and more embedded in every single story, right, that we have in, in our lifetime, right, so I think that's what excites me the most, right, like just seeing how technology supports that resilient DNA that we all have, yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful, and, and the simple fact that the kinds of technologies and tools that you're developing really do apply across every market space, every use case in, in some way. I mean, these technologies apply horizontally. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Well, thanks so much for coming into the studio today and talking with us. 
for a bit. I cannot wait to hear about the release of the next Antonio Banderas sci-fi movie uh, about your life. Uh, we'll keep an eye out for that in the future and hopefully have you back again into the studio in person sometime soon. But uh, thanks again, uh, Jesus, for joining us today. Absolutely, Tom. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hi, y'all. Caroline Griffin here, dropping in to say thanks for listening. And if you have any questions for Riot, send me a note. You may reach me at caroline at riot.org. This Riot Underground podcast is created and produced by Riot Studios with music by Scott Jackson. Riot is a nonprofit focused on economic development through the Internet of Things or IoT. We produce events, conferences, and educational courses around the world. And we run an early stage startup accelerator out of Riot Labs in Raleigh, North Carolina. Our nonprofit also operates a wireless test and certification facility under the Wireless Research Center brand. Learn how to engage by visiting us at riot.org.